Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's teaching, remember you can learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance in part three of his teaching in Revelation 11 called The Two Witnesses. Look, the way Jesus builds his church is he does it and we're along for the ride. It's his power. It's his gospel. Now, there are people who believe that Enoch and Elijah are the two witnesses. Why? Because there are two men in the Old Testament who did not what? They didn't die. Enoch was walking with God, and he was not, for God took him. And people said, where's Enoch? I don't know. Where'd he go? I don't know. Right? And then Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind. And so people say, based upon Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man to die once, and after this comes the judgment. Elijah and Enoch got to come back and die, just like everybody else, man. However, hold on a second. Wait, that's not the best reasoning. There's going to be a whole generation that's not going to die because at the last trump, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And a lot of us would like to be that generation. We'd like for it to be pre-tribulational rapture. That way we could avoid a lot of problems and just be caught up with the Lord. Praise the Lord, right? There's going to be a whole generation that doesn't die. By the way, there's also people in the New Testament accounts who died, were raised by Jesus, and apparently died again. The little 12-year-old girl in the Gospel of Luke. Lazarus, who was dead in the tomb four days. The widow's son at Nain. To our knowledge, they all died, lived again, and died again. That's dying twice. So there are some exceptions to the rule. So don't get, don't make your view of who the two witnesses might be just based on Hebrews 9.27 because there's a little wiggle room there. You know, that is the normal mode of things. But anyway, so there are people who think that. There are others who hold that this is Moses and Elijah who have come back uh, to be these witnesses. Here's why, verse five. If anyone desires to harm them, and apparently many will, Fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. Now, I, I have prayed for this gift. Uh, <laughs> you know, every now and then, wouldn't it be cool just to have a, like, you know, there was apparently fire-breathing dragons at one time. So you'd, Now, I know some of your friends have what you might call holy halitosis. And uh, this is not that. Okay, this is. Now, some people think that this is symbolic. And, and, of course, we'd have to argue that it is. However we take this, it seems to be symbolic. Is it the fire of their message? Is it them kind of putting their, their enemies down with the word or the power of their prophecy? Perhaps. It devours their enemies. Verse uh, middle of five. If anyone would desire to harm them in this manner, he must be killed. Talk about power. Now, This is why you could see that some people would have some problems with taking this too literally, right? This seems to be some sort of symbolic language. 
In Numbers 16, verse 35, it says, Fire came forth from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering the incense under Moses. In 2 Kings 1, verses 10 through 15, the evil king came to get Elijah. And they, he came with 50 as a captain. And Elijah says, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50. And fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Zap, boom, see you later. So he sent him another captain of 50 with his, uh, of, with his 50. And again, he said, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down. And they were consumed. And the third captain came to Elijah and said, oh, Elijah. He bowed down on his knees before Elijah and begged him and said, oh, you're a man of God. I believe it. I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do. Sorry, that's just little Wizard of Oz. (laughs) I believe you're a man of God. Please. There's enough barbecuing that's gone on around here. Right? Well, he got spared. So Elijah had the power to call fire down, even when he made that sacrifice and the fire came and answered, God answered by fire. Moses seemed to have that power to call upon the Lord. So notice something else about these. This is why some people believe they're Moses and Elijah. And by the way, this this power shows that the God of heaven is the true God. Verse 6, these have the power to shut up the sky in order that rain may not fall during the days of their prophesying. They have power over the waters to turn them into blood. Who did that? Moses. To smite the earth with every plague as often as they desire. Wow. This is amazing power. They can pray and it won't rain. They have power to turn the waters into blood. To smite the earth with every plague as often as they desire. So you have uh, the second example, the fire coming down from heaven could speak of divine protection. The third example here comes also from the ministry of Elijah, who prayed that it wouldn't rain, 1 Kings 17.1. James 5.17, by the way, says that when he prayed it wouldn't rain, James 5.17, it didn't rain for three years and six months. Hmm. And in the book of Luke, Jesus says, I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was shut up for three years. And six months, that's Luke 4, verse 25. So to our friends that believe this is symbolic, I would say to you, it wasn't symbolic when Elijah prayed. James didn't think it was symbolic, at least, you know, the experience that's being referred to. But there are others who argue, well, these are symbols pulled from the Old Testament. And that's kind of where they come up with this stuff. And so you can see, The God of Israel is the true God. Baal's not the true God. That's why he can stop the rain if he wants to and so forth. You see by the plagues that the plagues not only dealt with Egypt, a type of the world, but also freed people who were in bondage. And Jesus Christ frees us from the bondage of the world, the flesh and the devil. When they had finished their testimony, verse 7, the beast that comes out of the abyss We'll see him again in chapter 13, verses 1 and 7. We'll make war with them, with the two witnesses. And sadly, he will overcome them and kill them. Now, just when it looks like these guys seem like they cannot be stopped, they're unpenetrable, they can't be killed, nothing can take them out. All of a sudden, this beast 
rises up out of the abyss. We've seen this abyss, this bottomless pit before. He makes war with them and he's able to overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which mystically, verse 8, the Greek word pneumatikos means spiritually, uh, not necessarily uh, physically here, but um, can, speaks in spiritual nature or typology, is called Sodom and Egypt, notice, where also their Lord was crucified. Whose Lord was crucified there? Whoever these two witnesses are. So the two witnesses could be Moses and Elijah, could be Elijah and Enoch, could even represent the church. All three views would be appropriate because Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. But notice, Jerusalem is mystically, spiritually called Sodom. What went on in Sodom? A whole lot of unspeakable adultery and sexual sin. And what went on in Egypt? A whole lot of idolatry and bondage of God's people. Why is Jerusalem spiritually referred to as Sodom and Egypt? Why those two cities uh, linked to the holy city? And let me ask you, if God were to look at America today and make a historical comparison of our nation, what do you think he might link us to? I mean, we'd all like to think favorably of the many good things that have happened in America. But today, as we look around, there's cause for concern. The holy city, Jerusalem, has been brought to a low point. Jesus wept over this city. He talked about how this city kills the prophets sent to it over and over and over again. And so now, this this beast rises. And he's able, he's given now the power, it's all under God's sovereignty, to kill these witnesses. And their dead bodies lie in the street of the great city. This is Jerusalem. And those from the peoples, verse 9, and tribes and tongues and nations, so that covers all the world, will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days and will not permit their dead bodies to be laid in a tomb. Once these, are, these two witnesses are killed, the, the people of the world don't want them to have a, a proper burial. They don't want them put in a tomb. They want them left out on the street to be picked at, and all the horrific things we could imagine the people might do to bodies on the street and animals and so forth. They won't allow a proper burial of these individuals. Psalm 79 is an incredible psalm, and it says these words. I'll tell you what, just turn there. It's just too good. I'm going to run out of time quickly. But uh, Psalm 79, go over there for a second. Psalm 79, verse 1. Keep in mind what we just read. Psalm 79, verse 1, a psalm of Asaph. O God, the nations have invaded thine inheritance. They have, Psalm 79.1, defiled thy holy temple. They have laid Jerusalem in ruins. They have given the dead bodies of thy servants for food to the birds of the heavens, the flesh of thy godly ones to the beasts of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water round about Jerusalem. There was no one to bury them. 
We have become a reproach to our neighbors, a scoffing and derision to those around us. How long, O Lord? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. We have become a reproach to our neighbors, a scoffing and derision to those around us. How long, O Lord? Will thou be angry forever? Will thy jealousy burn like fire? Pour out thy wrath upon the nations which do not know thee, and upon the kingdoms which do not call upon thy name. For they have devoured Jacob. They've laid waste his habitation. Do not remember the iniquities of our forefathers against us. Let thy compassion come quickly to meet us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name, and deliver us and forgive our sins for thy name's sake. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Let there be known among the nations in our sight vengeance for the blood of thy servants which has been shed. Let the groaning of the prisoner come before thee. According to the greatness of thy power, preserve those who are doomed to die. And return to our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom the reproach with which they have reproached thee, O Lord. So we, thy people, and the sheep of thy pasture will give thanks to thee forever. To all generations we will tell of thy praise. Would you turn back to Revelation 11 and we'll have to wrap it up. So here's what happens. The people on the earth don't allow these two witnesses to be buried. And those who dwell on the earth, Revelation 11.10, rejoice over them and they make merry. They send gifts to one another because the two prophets that tormented them with their message, that tormented uh, the those who dwell on the earth, and it could be because of their message or because of what we just read, uh, they, they have something almost like a mock Christmas. They don't allow them to be buried, and they start rejoicing. By the way, ironically, this is the only mention in Revelation of rejoicing of the unbelieving world. Is that the death of the two witnesses who represent God Almighty, because they tormented them. How many people say, I don't want a Christian witness in this world because it torments me. I don't want a cross at the 9-11 memorial because it makes my tummy sick when I walk by and have to see the cross. Oh, you poor thing. Poor baby. And now, a CBS executive, legal executive, Monday, wrote on her Facebook In the wake of the Las Vegas shootings, I am not sympathetic, I'm quoting, to the victims of the mass shooting in Las Vegas. I'm actually not even sympathetic because country music fans often are Republican gun toters. Close quote. I don't care that 59 people died and over 520 are wounded and 
fighting for their lives. You know why I have no sympathy? Because they're all country music fans and probably Republicans. Well, thank God she got fired. She's a former CBS executive now. Now, some of you, you read stuff like this and you, you say, what do you mean? People sending gifts to one another in the wake of Christians being dead or, or, or these two prophets being dead? Oh, that's so far-fetched. That's unthinkable until you read the newspaper from two days ago. And you go, man, we have some wicked, wicked thoughts and things going on. But here's what happens. After the three and a half days the breath of life from God, and people like to think that there's television cameras capturing this, came into them. And they, these dead witnesses, stood on their feet and great fear <laughs> fell upon those who were beholding them. Can you imagine maybe flipping channels? All of a sudden, <laughs> what is going on? Whoa! They're rising. I'm going to get my money back for that present I sent to my buddy because the witnesses are no longer dead. You see, the power of Almighty God ends the holiday and great fear falls upon those beholding them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven and some think that this is the rapture saying to them, come up here. And they went up into heaven in the cloud. I should say, those who take this as the church think that this is the rapture. And their enemies beheld them. <laughs> Can you imagine a transfixed stare as these witnesses go up? Almost like the ascension of Jesus when the apostles are looking up into the heavens and stand gazing up into the heavens, Acts chapter 1. And in that hour, there was a great earthquake. A tenth of the city fell and 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake. Signs of judgment. And the rest, perhaps the inhabitants of Jerusalem, perhaps people in the world, were terrified. And what did they do? They gave glory to the God of heaven, which indicates to me that judgment hasn't started yet from God, although this is one of those verses where you can wrestle with this one. To give glory to God seems to be belief. And then finally, the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. And all God's people said, whoa. <laughs> Father, the question I think every Bible student has to ask is, what should we learn from this, this chapter? We haven't even finished it, but what should we learn? And I think what we can see is, you love your people. You will empower them to be witnesses. Their message will go out, and you will protect it, and you will anoint it. And even there will be times when the enemy gets the upper hand, but simply because you allow it, and there is a day of resurrection coming. And a lot of that is captured in this scene, Lord, that is before us, that you are in control. I think that's one of the big lessons here. You are in control. You measure, you empower, you protect, you anoint. You have a certain amount of days that, you allow things to occur. And then one day your church will be vindicated. Your church will rise in the sight of all the world. Jesus will come on the clouds of glory and say to his people, come up here. 
And we are going to experience a resurrection and a rapture. And it seems that the world will see it take place. And Father, we are just humbled by your great plan and your great love for us. We just, I just want to pray right now over the folks that are here and those who may listen to this later that each of us would be right with you. There's nothing more important than knowing you. There's nothing more important than serving you. Help us, Lord, in our weakness. Strengthen us, give us hope, and courage in the midst of our own crises in our day. There was a church shooting a week before the Vegas shooting. A gunman went into a church and killed a lady. There's been so many things going on in our world, Lord, and we just want to say, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. But until you come, whatever that day may be, whether it's 100 years, 1,000 years, or 10 years away, or whatever it is, let us occupy until you come. Let us be your witnesses in this world, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ and him risen from the dead. You've not met him as your Savior and Lord, I would just encourage you to run to him, believe on him for your salvation. Trust in him and him alone, his death, his resurrection. He'll, he'll give you new life right now, but you must trust him. So cry out to him if you don't know him. If you do know him, get close to him and be used for his glory. In Jesus' name I pray. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part three of his teaching in Revelation chapter 11 about the two witnesses. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, remember, you can listen to today's teaching again and previous teachings in the book of Revelation when you visit our website, walkintruth.com. Walk in Truth is also available for free on many podcast apps, apps like iHeartRadio, iPodcast, Spotify, Google Music, and many more. Search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe. Walk in Truth is a ministry supported by faithful listeners like you. A monthly pledge of at least $5 goes a long way to make sure we can pay for everything that goes into producing this program. We appreciate everyone that supports Walk in Truth, and we hope you become a $5 partner too. To give online, visit walkintruth.com. To give by mail, Make your donation out to Walk in Truth. Our mailing address is Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And thank you for your partnership in this mission to reach out with God's Word. Now, here's Pastor Michael. I'm excited to let you know that we have something new for you that our team's developed here at Walk in Truth. It's a daily devotional coming out of our church in the city of Corona called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. A great brother in the Lord named Paul Hicks has been doing devotionals during the week that you can get on your phone several times a week. I'm personally blessed by these. I get to open them up and be encouraged by a scripture verse and some thoughts from Paul. And you have the opportunity to subscribe to this Step Closer devotion to help you in your walk with the Lord and literally to help you get a step closer in your walk with Jesus. I know life is busy. I know sometimes it's hard to crack open your Bible every day. And so this is a way just to 
access something on your phone, it'll be there for you. You can read it, be encouraged. I know for me personally, it's always good to just start my day with the Word of God, have a little devotional thought, some time of prayer, and it just seems to kind of orient or set right my whole day. I'm sure you can relate to that. Well, we have this for you. It's available when you uh, text Step Closer, the word Step Closer as one word, actually, to 33222. Remember, it's all one word, text Step Closer as one word to 33222. One more time, Step Closer, 33222. Text that today. Join us in this walk as you and I get a step closer in our walk with Jesus. Also, we want to remind you that you have an opportunity to donate to this ministry at walkintruth.com. We are a listener-supported ministry. We'd really appreciate partners. And the best thing is if we had monthly partners, $5, $10, $25 a month, reoccurring giving is a possibility there at the website. It'd be awesome. You'll help us reach out to more people like you, avail them to this teaching. We'd like to see this uh, ministry go all over the world. And you can help us when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the Donate tab. Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part one of Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation 12 about the conflict of the age. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. In addition to our faithful listeners and financial partners, this program is made possible by our staff, Executive Administrator Pastor Mike Rizzi, Audio and Video Technician Nathan Lance, Program Director Rob Newton, Graphic Arts Director Brenda Lance, Walk in Truth Store Admin Laurie Bondi, Financial Admin Claudia Rizzi, and Senior Pastor Michael Lance. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.